let's jump into the message. Forget about bacon for at least the next seven days. And uh, after that, you can have all the bacon you want. The heavy soul today is we're talking about the heavy soul. Uh, one of my son's favorite words right now is the word crushed. He just loves that word crushed. It makes him feel like a man to say it. He drinks his Capri Sun and then he squeezes it. I just crushed that, Dad. I crushed it. And he loves to say the word crushed. And every time he sees snails, one of his favorite hobbies in life is crushing snails. I mean, he sees snails. He just crushes them. I mean, he just loves to crush them. Now, don't report us to PETA. It's just I don't know where he got that from. But he loves to crush crush snails. I mean, he just, just crushes them. And he loves that season every year here in North County. I, I still, after three years, I can't figure out what month it is, but there's that month, you know, where there's snails just everywhere. And it's his favorite month of the year because he just crushes them. He loves to crush them. And I was thinking about what it's like to be crushed. I found some photos online this week that I wanted to show you. Here's, here, here's the first pick of crush. Let me know that truck doesn't stand a chance. It is being crushed. I got another one for you. Just turn Cody's mic. Look at this. Okay, this kid is not in a good situation. That's not a place you ever want to find yourself in. He's going to get crushed. Oh, man, I feel bad for that kid. I don't ever want to be there. Those are all, you know, you know, fun examples of what it's like to be physically crushed. Many of you can relate. You've all, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, the ego gets into you at the gym. You're at the gym. You put a little bit more on the bench press than you should put on the bench press. The bar comes down. I mean, you, you felt that, 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 that bar in your chest and you're like, oh, how do I get this off? Or, you know, in football practice at the bottom of a dog pile, you know, it just feels like you're being crushed. And those are all examples of what it feels like physically to be crushed. But this series isn't about our physical body. It's about our soul. And I think there's many people today who feel they have a heavy soul. They feel like they're being crushed in their soul. There's a weight on their soul, a pressure on their soul that is just kind of crushing them, not physically, but in their soul. The foundation truth for the series uh, we talked about last week is we are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Again, we're not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Our body is just a container for who we really are. This body is not us. The body is just a container. Who we really are is our soul. When we die, our body will either be cremated or rot in the ground somewhere. But either way, the body's done. It's gone. But our soul will live on forever. The body's just a container. So who we really are is our soul. And I know every January people love to detox physically. It's probably the number one month of the year for detoxes in our nation. Uh, Everybody is, is doing some form of detox or cleansing. And I just felt like as a church, we needed to detox our souls. Because I mean, we just get pollution and toxin and just the garbage of our culture just kind of builds up inside of us. And we need to take some time and really detox our souls because there's too many people today living with heaviness in their soul. You're just walking around and your soul just feels heavy. There's just a weight on your soul. In our generation, they say, has the highest percentage of people who deal with a low-grade constant depression. Just a low-grade constant depression, not clinical depression, which is, which is serious and needs to be treated, but people that's just dealing with this low-grade constant 
depression and they really can't put their finger on it. They're just heavy in their soul. There's just a heaviness, just this kind of blah depression that just kind of, you know, and and you really can't put your finger on it. I mean, nothing really is going wrong majorly in life. Nothing is really going that right. It's just this, this just, this is blah life where there's not really any passion. There's not really any, any hope or optimism or any real faith. We're just kind of existing. And our generation suffers with this more than any other generation. King David dealt with this in the Bible. In Psalm chapter 42 in your notes, David says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I mean, soul, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you downcast and uneasy and hurting and and disturbed within me? Why are you struggling, soul? Why are you so heavy? The heavy soul. And here's a question that I want to answer today. Why are our souls heavy? I'm going to give you three main reasons why many of us today deal with the heaviness of our soul. The first is we're heavy with hurts from the past. We're heavy with hurts from the past. We were wounded, hurt, something in our past happened. And our soul today is heavy because of something that happened in our past. Jeremiah illustrated this well in Lamentations chapter 3 as he began to reflect on the pain from his past. In Lamentations 3 verse 19, Jeremiah says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness And the gall, I well remember them. And as a result of remembering them, my soul is downcast within me. I'm guessing there's many people here today that you're dealing with a present heaviness of your soul because of past hurt. Somebody betrayed you. Somebody failed you. Maybe it was abuse. Maybe it was just a mistake that you made that you regret. And you're living with the regret of that past hurt. Maybe someone said something or you were bullied as a child or you just went through some just unbelievable things. But for whatever reason, you're you're heavy in your soul today because of a past hurt in your life. And I really want you to be transparent during this series because I I really feel strongly God wants to do a healing in many people's life during this series. He wants to really kind of set some people free. So if you'd be honest with me today, how many of you would say today, you know what? I have some heaviness in my soul from some hurts in my past. If that's you, would just raise your hand and just be honest today. Yeah, it's 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 the majority of us. I mean, there's a lot of people today that are saying, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff and I've just got some heaviness because of something that happened in my past. The second thing that I see with many people is they're heavy with trouble in the present. They're heavy with trouble in the in now, now, not yesterday. They're dealing with today. I mean, you've got problems today, today, now, right now. Job says it like this in chapter four, verse five, but now trouble comes to you. Not yesterday. Now, right now you're dealing with something. You're facing something right now and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Some of you today are in a situation and you're just sitting here saying, I just didn't see this coming. This wasn't on my five-year plan. I never imagined to be in this situation. This is not, you know, looking back at my life, I never dreamed of being in these shoes. 
This is not something I wanted. This is not something that, that you know, it, it, it's just, it, I'm dealing with it. I thought I'd be somewhere else right now in life. Maybe it's financially, medically, family situations. But for whatever reason, you're looking at yourself saying, I never imagined I'd be here. This isn't where I dreamed of ending up. And you're facing some real stuff right now. How many of you would be honest today and say, you know what? I'm dealing with some stuff right now. This is, that applies to me today. Like I'm facing some challenges now. Yeah, I think there's many of us. And then here's the third reason. We're heavy with anxiety about the future. It's not just the problems of yesterday. It's not just things we're facing today, but we're worried about tomorrow. We have anxiety about our future. How are we going to pay the bills tomorrow? I mean, uh, my debt's getting larger. My bank account's getting smaller. I I, I didn't expect this medical thing. Uh, There's rumors at work. There's talking about a company buyout. Am I going to still have a job? I mean, there's just things going on, and we're worried about the future. We have anxiety about the future. Well, you need to know, even Jesus dealt with that. Even Jesus was brought to grief in his soul, worrying about what he was going to go through in the future. In Mark chapter 14, he's in the garden. And he's thinking about what his future beholds, being on the cross and the suffering and the physical pain. And more than all of that, what it would be like for his father, his own father, to abandon him and forsake him on our behalf. And in Mark chapter 14 and verse 33, it says, And Jesus became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told them, and and look at this, he didn't say my, my body. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. So what I love about our Savior is he can relate. For those of you that are just struggling with your future and you're you're having anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus was in your shoes so much so that he said, my soul was crushed, crushed with grief. I was distressed even of death, he says. See, so many of us, we have hurts from our past that we're, 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 we're wrestling through. We've got trouble today. I mean, we've got some stuff going on right now. We've got all this anxiety about tomorrow. We feel like I'm just surrounded on all sides. I mean, I've I've got it coming from everywhere. I mean, is there any hope at all? And here's the problem. Some of us think that we're just always going to live that way. Like it's never going to be different. We're always going to have heaviness in the soul. It's just normal. Everybody has it. I have it. I've dealt with it for years. This is just a way of life. It's just the way it's always going to be. And I've been there. I've been in those shoes. As a child, I was introduced from a next door neighbor to some stuff that led me into a just just a, 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 you know, 10 plus year addiction. Where I wrestled with this addiction, even into college and after I became a Christian wrestling with this addiction. And I would cry out to God, God, take this away from me. I don't want this. I don't want to do this anymore. And it was like, the more I fought, the more I cried out, the more I tried, the more it would just, you know, I just could not break free to the point where Satan began to lie to me and say, that's just the way your life's always going to be. You're just always going to live with that. You just need to learn how to manage it and, and, and do it well. I mean, even Paul had a thorn in the flesh is what Satan told me. That's just your thorn in the flesh. You're just always going to deal with that. So just manage it and make best of it. 
And I just thought, I'm just always going to live like this. Like, there's not going to be any difference. It's just who I am. Until I got so sick and tired of it that I finally got to the point where I was ready to be very real and very transparent with with God and some some very important people close to me. And God began a process of leading me into freedom where I was set free and I don't have to live like that anymore. And here's the point. You don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live with that heaviness in your soul. That's not God's plan for you. You may think this is the way it's always going to be. But God is saying today, you don't have to live with that constant pain, that heaviness, that low grade depression. You can let it go. Let's look again at what uh, David does in Psalm chapter 42. Again, he says, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Now, notice how he begins to shift gears here and he begins to preach to his soul. You know, he, he's first, he's like, he's crying out, soul, why are you downcast? Why are you hurting? Why are you so disturbed? And then he shifts gears and he begins to preach and he says to his soul, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Soul, stop whining, stop crying. You've got it all out. You, you, you've said what you needed to say. Now put your hope in in God. And what I want to teach you today is how to become a great preacher to your soul. I want you to preach so good to your soul that your soul thinks it's church. I mean, it's just having the time of his life because you preach so good to your soul. And I want to give you three things to preach to your soul. If you're struggling with this heaviness of your soul, the first thing I want you to tell your soul to number one, remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. When you are tempted to look back at all of your past hurts and your wounds and all the the kind of the abuse and the wrong that's been done to you, train your mind to stop, shift gears, and think about God's faithfulness in the past. That's what Jeremiah did. If we keep reading in Lamentations chapter 3, I want you to notice what Jeremiah does. Again, in verse 19, he says, I remember my affliction. Am I wandering the bitterness and the gall? I well remember them. I remember my past and my soul is downcast within me. Now watch how he shifts gears in verse 21. Yet, yet this I call to mind. I'm not going to think about that anymore. Yes, I've been hurt. Yes, I've been through tough times. Yes, I've had a lot of bad things. But this I call to I'm going to call something new to my mind. I'm going to think about something else. He goes on to say in verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, when you begin to get plagued of all of those past hurts and those past wounds and why me and why did I have to go? You've got to stop. You've got to shift gears. You've got to call to mind and you've got to focus on God's faithfulness. I mean, every single one of us, we can look back on all the bad things that happened to us or we can look back and we can see God's goodness in our life. That I was lost in sin. I was, I, I, I was worthless. I was a loser. Nobody wanted me. And yet God allowed his son to hang on a cross and shed his blood on my behalf and save me and rescue me. And he found me. And if that's all that God ever did, it would be enough. 
See, I've been through a lot of tough stuff in life. I've been through a lot of pain. I've been through a lot of hurt. And I could spend a lot of time thinking about it. Or I could call to mind something else. I could call to mind God's goodness in my life. I remember after I became a Christian, I was in college and uh, I, I just loved being at the church. I loved serving. It's all I wanted to do. And I just became a Christian and my car broke down. And as a college student, I mean, it was $600 to fix my car. And that's a lot of money for me today. That was a lot of money when I was in college. And it seemed like an impossible mountain in my life. And I got angry at God. I said, God, here I am. I just gave my life to you. I'm serving you. I'm doing my best for you. And you can't even keep my car together. And I was angry. I was mad. I'm just being honest. I had the worst attitude in the world. And I had a friend pick me up for the Wednesday night prayer meeting at church and we were on our way to the prayer meeting and I just felt like, and I'm complaining and whining and crying in the car and I'm just, you know, mad at God and like, why, you know, how am I going to fix this? This is, this is impossible. And I get to the prayer meeting. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, forget about your car and for the next 60 minutes, just worship God. Just praise him. Just tell him how awesome he is, how good he is. Just praise God. Force yourself to think about how good God is. And so for that prayer meeting, I just, I just, I mean, I literally, something changed inside of me. I began to praise God. I began to worship God. And I forgot all about the car. And I just began thinking about how good God is. At the end of the prayer meeting, getting ready to leave. And some stranger walks up to me and he says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, sure. He pulled me to the side. He said, I don't know why, but when we were praying, God pointed you out to me and told me to come give you this. And he handed me a check and he walked away. I opened the check. It was $600. See, I could think back on all the times I've been through hell and all the, the heartache and all the pain and all the problems, or I can force myself to go back and remember everywhere God's, God's been so good to me. I mean, every morning I get to wake up next to the most beautiful girl in the world. I mean, no, God has been good to me. I didn't deserve her. I mean, way more than anything I deserve. I mean, it's a constant reminder of God's goodness in my life. Here's the next thing I want you to learn how to preach to your soul. If you're hurting right now, number two, cry out to God in the present. Cry out to God right now in the present. David does this in Psalm 142. He says in verse two, I pour out my complaints. I love David's honesty. He's just he's putting it all out on the table for God. God, I'm giving you all of my complaints before him. And I tell him all of my troubles. He goes on in verse five. Then I pray to you, O Lord, I say you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry. He doesn't say hear my prayer. This isn't a prayer. He's crying out to God now. This is way beyond prayer time. I mean, he's in agony, he's hurting, he's in tears, he doesn't understand why he's going through what he's going through. And he says, hear my cry, for I am very low. What I want you to learn how to do is I want you to be honest with God. I want you to just let it rip. He can handle it. I mean, you read the book of Psalms, sometimes you think David needs a Prozac. I mean, it's just up and down and up and down. And it's like... I love the honesty of the Bible, that it's okay to hurt before God and cry out before God and pour out our complaints before God and tell God all of our troubles. You need to go before God and you just need to be honest. God, I don't like this. I don't like where I'm at right now. Where are you, God? I feel like you've abandoned me. You need to get honest with him. First Peter says, 
cast your cares. That word cast in the Greek is throw, throw, hurl your cares before God for he cares for you. I remember my first year into this church, about a year and a half actually into the church. It was a a season I just celebrated our three year anniversary. It was a season where I didn't feel like anything was happening. It was like we were working hard. We felt like we were doing all the right things, but the church wasn't moving. There was issues. There was drama. It was a very kind of a very painful time. I got very depressed during that season where I didn't know if I could keep going. And I honestly got to a point where I cried out to God and I said, God, you've got the wrong person. You've got the, I can't do this. I can't lead this church. You've got the wrong person. I can't handle it. I can't do it. I'm not equipped. Nothing I do works, God. And I just got to a point where I was just so, I was just crying out to God. And I remember during that season, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. I said, what's the, what's, give me, just give me something because I'm dying here. What's the, the number one thing you've learned. And he said, honestly, if the Lord doesn't build it, they that labor, labor in vain. And he basically said, it doesn't matter how hard you work. If God doesn't show up, your hard work means nothing. And it was for the first time in my life, I realized it had nothing to do with me, but it was crying out to God that I had this revelation that that it wasn't about me working hard or being talented or being a great leader. It was all about God's spirit. And that's when we started our Saturday morning prayer meeting. And we just said, you know what, God, it, it, it's not about us or, or how good we are. It, it's all about you. If you don't show up, it's not going to happen. We have to learn to cry out to him. He will answer the cry of your heart. I don't know about you, but as a parent, my son, when he was, uh, he's five now, so he doesn't do it as much because he likes to be a man and tough. But when he was three, uh, if you've ever had a three-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. They, they fall down, they skin their knee, they, they bruise their elbow. What do they do? They get up and they just think it's the end of the world, the pain. And it's, it's like, I, I, I can't handle this. And they're just tears coming down and they just run to you. And all they want you to do is hold them. Now, I'm not sadistic. I don't like it when my child's hurting, but there's something that's so rewarding and comforting that when your child is in tears and doesn't know where to go, he just runs to you and lets you hold him. There's something that feels so good about just just holding your your child in, in tears and knowing that he trusts you and he's coming to you for comfort and help. And I think that's that's just what God wants of us. God's your father. He wants you to come before him with your tears, crying out, saying, God, I don't like this. I don't want to deal with this. God, I need you right now. Would you just hold me for a minute? We need to learn to cry out to God in our present. And then lastly, the third thing I really want you to learn how to do is trust in God's power for your future. Trust in God's power for your future. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. Guess what? He's already there. He's already in tomorrow. He's with you today and he's waiting for you tomorrow. He's already there. Time doesn't constrain our God. He's already in tomorrow. He's waiting for you and he's got it taken care of. You can trust in his power for tomorrow. I love Second Chronicles 32. It's a powerful verse that illustrates this. In verse 7 of chapter 32, it says, Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty 
army. See, I love how the Bible doesn't minimize the problem you're dealing with. What you're facing is tough. It doesn't minimize it here. This is a mighty army. You're facing a mighty challenge. It's a mighty problem in your life. It's not little. You are facing something tough. Let's not minimize what you're dealing with today. It's tough. It hurts. But you don't have to be afraid or discouraged. For there is a power far greater on our side. I love this next verse. He may have a great army, but they're merely men. They're merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. In other words, they only have what they have, but we have what God has. Now, I know we're not a shouting church, but right there, at least in your soul, you should shout amen, because that's worth everything right there. All they got is what they got, but all we have is everything God has. We have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Why are you disturbed, soul? Why why are you discouraged? Put your hope in God. You don't have to live like that anymore. God can take the heaviness away. If you'll learn to preach these three things, if you're dealing with, with, with heaviness from your past or present trouble or anxiety about the future, if you'll learn to preach to your soul and remember his goodness in your past, if you'll just learn to cry out to him right now with what you're dealing with, if you'll learn to trust in his power for your future, he can deal with the heaviness of your soul. Now, this series, we're doing things a little differently because it's a detox. And I, I know if you're like me, many of us will, will hear a message like this. We'll get very fired up. I'm going to go home today. I'm going to spend some time alone with God. And then somebody will call or a text message or we'll get hungry or family or something will happen. We'll get distracted. We'll forget about it. We'll feel bad tonight. And we're like, okay, tomorrow. And then again, the busyness of tomorrow. So what we want to do during this series is just give you a few minutes every uh, every week to just begin to apply the message. Just begin to soak it in. Just begin to kind of really feel this today. And so I've asked Tim to come out. He's going to play Great Is Thy Faithfulness, a great hymn uh, on guitar as he does that. I just want to invite you to close your eyes today. I want you to really focus and remember God's faithfulness in your past. I want your soul to just cry out to him. If you're you're dealing with something right now, just begin to cry out to him in your soul. And really learn to just trust in his power for your future. Let's just take a few moments and a few minutes and just really let this sink in today.
If you just keep your eyes closed for a few more moments, at the end of your notes, there's some questions that if you're married, I'd love you to go home today and discuss those questions with your spouse. If you're in a family, talk about it with your family or a small group or just an accountability partner. I think there's some great questions just to discuss. Before we leave today with every eye closed, I want to ask if there's anyone here that really needs to take the first step of this whole thing. And that's to say yes to a living God that loves you, a God that doesn't want to be your religion, but just wants to be your father. He wants to be your father so much that he allowed his own son to be sacrificed in your place so that you could come to him and accept him as your Lord so that he can become your savior. You may be new to Christianity, you know, you're just checking out the church today, but something's tugging at your heart. And you, you need to know that's God and he's calling you and he's saying he wants to be a part of your life and he wants you to be in his family. But here's the thing. God has to be number one on our list. If God's not number one on our list, he's not on our list. The holy God can't take second place in your life. He can't take third place in your life or fourth place. You either surrender your life to him and make him number one, which is basically what the word Lord means. He's your Lord, which means he's number one in your life. Because you can't say yes to Jesus as your savior. You can only say yes to him as your Lord. And if you say yes to him as your Lord, he will become your savior. But if you're here today and you need to make a decision to say yes to God, to be a part of his family. I'm going to invite you to say a very simple prayer with me. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or walk to the front or even say this prayer out loud. This is a moment between you and God. You can pray it in your soul. God will hear you. He'll hear your heart. Or today, there may be people here that you need to come back to God. You're just away from God. And you know what that means. You know where you're at. There was a time in your life where you really felt close and connected, but today you're disconnected. You just kind of feel estranged. For whatever reason, you're just not where you need to be with God. And God is saying, please come back home. Come back home. I still love you. That's what God's saying to you. My grace will cover you. So if you're in either situation with every eye closed, I just want to say a very simple prayer with you. If you're in either situation, would you raise your hand and say, I'd like to join you in that prayer today. Raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. The prayer is simple. The first part of the prayer is we just invite God to have first place in our life. So I want you to just in your own words say, God, I invite you to take control, take first place in my life. The second part of the prayer is we ask for forgiveness. We've all failed. We've all made mistakes. That's what the blood of Jesus was given for, to cover our sins. So if today you'll say, God, will you forgive me? He will absolutely say yes. So right now in your own words, would you say, God, will you forgive me? And then the last part of that prayer is I just want to encourage you to say thank you. Just say, God, thank you for saving me this morning. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to look up for just one moment. On your connection card in your worship guide, there's two boxes. One says, I'm committing my life to Christ. One says, I'm renewing my commitment to Christ. If you made either decision today, 
I want to encourage you to take a step on your own, check one of those boxes, drop it off in one of the tithe and offering boxes as you leave. We'd love to know about it so that we can pray for you, we can support you. We also have books outside that say, now what? This is a great question. I put God first in my life, what do I do next? And then lastly, we have Bibles available outside. If you don't have a hard copy of the Bible, we give hundreds of Bibles away every year. This is a passion of our church is to get the word of God in people's hands. This book will change your life. It's living. It's breathing. I can't logically explain that to you. It's something you have to experience. You've got the reading plan. We'll teach you how to use the reading plan. Uh, If you have questions, just talk to us. We'll show you how the, the books and the chapters and the verses work. But just, just come to us. We want to get a Bible in your hand because this book is the words of life and it will change you forever. Would you stand with me? I want us together just to sing that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, as we close the service today. And as you sing these words, really let this message sink in today. Great is Thy Faithfulness, O God, my Father. See y'all. Have a great week. We'll catch you next week. Take care.